Live from Detroit, it's the Lowdown on Motown Sports Podcast with your hosts, Dane Williams, Junko Bodie, and Bob Danielli. If you're looking for the best present to take to your mother-in-law's birthday party, you're in the wrong place, dude. We talk Michigan sports here. It's real, it's raw, and there are no punches pulled. What happens when you put a gambler, a rocket scientist, and a radio jock in the same room? Well, we're all about to find out, and it probably won't be pretty. But whatever happens, it will be lively. So grab a brew, sit yourself in your favorite rocker, and take notes if you're some kind of nutcase. The boys are back in town and talking about the stuff that matters, Motown sports. So let's get to it, people. Here is the host of today's show, Boogie Bob Danielli. Well, hey there, friends. What's up? It's time again for another Lowdown on Motown Sports podcast. Thank you for stopping by. And let me ask you, how you doing, huh? How's that bracket that you filled out doing for you? <laughs> let me tell you, we are here to comfort you, to let you know you're not alone. As a matter of fact, I've got a couple of guys here who know a lot more about this stuff than I do, and they were wrong. So let's introduce them right now. From Florida, by way of Las Vegas, the master of the Junko Bodhi Empire, it's Mr. Junko Bodhi. Hello, Robert. Hello, Hello, Blue Dane. And boy, was I wrong on my brackets. <laughs> right. From Florida, we have, by way of Atlanta, Mr. Dane Williams. Hey, Dano. Hey there, Robert and uh, Junko. Doing well down here in sunny Florida. And I'll just say to everybody out there, if you took our advice, oh, well. <laughs> That's your fault, right? Yeah. <laughs> we all know each other by way of the Detroit area. We actually went to high school together and we all grew up on the east side. Of course, we're qualified to do a podcast, right? Sure. <laughs> what we're going to cover today is the NCAA tournament, of course. Going to put a capper on the Michigan and Michigan State basketball season. We got some spring football news and recruiting news. And this week begins the baseball season. So we'll talk a little Detroit Tigers and... Dane will also squeeze in a little Frozen Four for you, buddy. Go How's blue, that? baby. Go blue. All right, but let's start with the NCAA tournament. It was wild. It was great. We still have a lot more to go. But, man, wrong, 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 weren't we? Why don't you start us off here, Junko? Tell us how wrong we were. The NCAA tournament. Oh, well, I can't really talk to you guys about how wrong you were because I was so <laughs> wrong myself. I guess, you know, when I look at my bracket, I don't have a team left. Do you guys have a team left? I do not. Uh, uh, no, no. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. So we had all of our final four predictions, right? So let's review those. Why don't you go first? So I'm looking at my bracket. I had Bama going, and, of course, San Diego State ruined that dream for me. I had Kansas State, actually, I had in the finals, which I thought was really, you know, Bold. given as far as they went. Yeah, a pretty good pick, but they didn't get all the way. And then I had Kansas, which obviously we saw that. That was a huge upset early on. Yep. And Houston. And uh, that obviously didn't play as well. Although after I watched the first game with Houston, I really didn't feel very good about their chances because you could see that they were offensively challenged to say the least well, i think you had xavier oh you're you right took, i you did have xavier, xavier all the way to the finals actually right <laughs> ouch <laughs> ouch <laughs> yeah 
you guys laughed at me for picking all the number one seeds here. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, my picks were just as bad as yours, I guess. But, you know, I have to give kudos to Bob because Bob, in two cases, at least two of his teams <laughs> made it farther than Junko in my picks. You know, Texas and UCLA, at least went farther. Listen, Dane, than... I'm glad you did because, you know, I'm a pretty modest guy. Really? Oh, my God, I have it on a three by five card highlighted <laughs> with... <laughs> Sticky stars all over the place. Yeah, baby. Yeah, no, I did have Texas. You know, they were in the Final Four, but they were the team that went the farthest for me. So at yep. least there was something. But none of you guys had Purdue. I had Purdue. No, I had Purdue. You had Purdue going Final Four? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Remember, I had Purdue winning the whole thing. Oh. Remember, Bobby had all. Oh, he had all the number ones, right? And then, yeah. And then they got killed in the first round. Are you kidding me? First they round? Looked, oh, did they even show up? You know, that's only the second time in, what, 152 games that that's happened. Unbelievable. Who was the other team that got beat? Do you mm. remember? By a 16. Do not know. Villanova. Yeah. Oh, Villanova was a few years back. Yeah. Who beat them? Now, that's a good question. I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> you always remember. Sorry, man. <laughs> you know, it's like Purdue. Who beat Purdue? I don't know, but Purdue lost, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did any of your Cinderella picks go far? Who had a Cinderella pick that went far? No, Kansas State was a three seed. So, no, that didn't really qualify. To your qualifications, I had Gonzaga, which they were a number three, but I still thought they were a Cinderella pick. I had Creighton going a long way, and they uh, were a six seed, but that's about as close as I came. I was that's really wrong about Drake. Yeah, oh man, <laughs> remember Drake? You guys were dogging me about Drake, and you were <laughs> you were right about that. Drake was awful. Yeah. Well, none of your five twelves came to be. Either. None of the five twelves. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Yeah, what a weird year. I mean, all the ones lose the twelve fives were a non-issue. Just a really weird year. And why do you think it was a weird year? I mean, do you guys have a take on that? Well, I mean, some people say because of that COVID year cut short and a lot of people, their careers got extended. But the portal, the portal kind of is starting to balance things out, isn't it? That's what we're saying is that we're seeing guys just float along and pick up wherever they're wanted and they blossom somewhere else. Yeah, that could be the portal. I think a lot of it, too, is this how many kids these days are one and done's. Mm -hmm. you know, which really bring a lot of parity to the program. Can you imagine if some of these kids that are going to the NBA, like take Michigan, for example, since we're, we talk about Michigan and Michigan State a lot on this show, obviously. Take Michigan for an example. If Diabate and Houston would have been back with that nucleus they had this year, they'd have been a, a much, much better team than they were, right? But those two kids as freshmen both take off and go to the NBA, this year, you know, here Jet Howard's taken off to go to the NBA. Looks like Kobe Bufkin might go too. And Hauser for state, right? Right. Well, Hauser, he's a fourth or fifth year guy. But I'm talking about these freshmen who just come in and they can really just oh, run. one and duns. Yeah, the one and duns. I just really think that that has a lot to do with it. And I think you're right, Bob. The transfer portal. That's how teams like Florida Atlantic, you know, they get a good coach with uh, take some kids and maybe they got some academic issues, but they're really good players. You only need five guys in basketball. It's not like football. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons that we're seeing such a balanced showing by some of these smaller schools. It's going to make it much more exciting and harder to predict. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I do have a correction. It was Virginia in 2018. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They got upset by, uh, and I don't even know this school at all. I mean, it's UMBC, whatever that is, University of something, Montana, British Columbia. I have no idea. <laughs> 
but yeah, FDU took down uh, Purdue. And there was, huh. I guess, ninety-seven percent of the brackets had uh, Purdue winning. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you you got to figure in one hundred and fifty-two games, it's only happened once before. Come on. And then there were four. So I'd like to get your thoughts on the final four. Junko, you want to take one or, or we just cover four of them with real quick snapshots of how you feel? Oh, we can talk about all four of them, but I want to start off by talking about Florida Atlantic. And we talked mm-hmm. about who Cinderella might be this year right, in our last right. podcast. And I think we found her. I think it's uh, Florida Atlantic. Again, I got to tell you a story about one of my wagers out here. With all these upsets and things that were going on, I was having really kind of a bad week last week. So I had made a very large parlay, and I had taken Florida and Atlantic in the over. And let me tell you, I sweated both right to the last 12 seconds <laughs> of the game. But Florida Atlantic was not only a Cinderella for the NCAA tournament, but they were Cinderella for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Florida Atlantic. That was a pretty good game, too. But, I mean, then you had FDU against FAU. So it's just one of those little things I find interesting. Just, <laughs> But you know what? Beating Tennessee, no slouch, and then beating Kansas State, number three. They may have some juju going for them. Uh, they may at that. We talked about UConn, too, last week. I know we were all talking about VCU being a good team. I don't know if you guys remember that, having that conversation. And I think we mm-hmm. all thought VCU would have a really good chance of taking down UConn. But, of course, that didn't happen. And now, as UConn's kind of emerged here, I look at them, I think they might be the favorite of the tournament now. What do you guys think? Well, I do. I mean, they totally dominated, right? They can score and they can defend. But what I found pretty interesting is the smallest margin of victory was 15 points. And that just happened, right? So they got to be the favorite. Hey, when you were talking about UConn, they took down St. Mary's, right? Not VCU. We thought VCU was going to beat St. Mary. We were talking up. Oh, yeah. We we talked about that was one of those uh, 12-5s, I think. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Potentially, yeah. Right. Well, I took VCU in my, uh, <laughs> it didn't work out. Yeah, so did I, Dane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dane, what do you think yeah, about yeah. UConn? Any thoughts on UConn? You, you know, UConn surprised me. You didn't hear much about them during the year, and it could just be because we were focused on the Big Ten. But I didn't, during the year, I didn't think there were anything special, but they came alive here during the tournament here. You know, you look at, you got two number fives, you got a number nine, and what's UConn? Four? Interesting. Yeah. I think it'll come down to, UConn and FAU. Really? With UConn <laughs> winning. With UConn winning. I actually wow. do. Yeah. So no love for uh, Miami. Junko, what's your take uh, on Miami's Miami? Miami's looking good too, but yeah. They're one of the reasons I was having such a bad week last week. I kept betting against them and against mm-hmm. them. And mostly I was losing the games that they played in because they were so high scoring. I had taken a lot of unders because early in their tournament, the under was really in favor. And that kind of changed in the later stages of the tournament. Well, I don't uh, think they dominated any one game, did they? They were always coming from behind. Yeah, they were, but they can score. Man, they can really score, mm-hmm. and they're a very, very athletic team. Again, I like San Diego State because of the four teams, San Diego State is probably the steadiest and maybe the best defensive team, and defense travels, obviously, in big mm-hmm. games. That was a note yeah. I had. I had uh, consistent defense, and right. uh, Alabama was the only team to get over 60 points. That's right. Won a nice game with them yesterday, too, because I had the under in that game of theirs. So that was a nice win for me yesterday, too. 
So anyway, yeah, I guess we're going to pick our champion, right? Mm -hmm. Are we doing that next? Yeah, I think Dane's already got his. I already got there. <laughs> what, 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 did you, you guys. what did you say? UConn. I got UConn and FAU in the final. UConn winning. Hmm. 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 See, and I, I've got, I've got <laughs> UConn and uh, San air, Diego. <laughs> I got UConn and San Diego with UConn winning. Just San Diego because it's got Michigan ties, right? Brian Dutcher was a Michigan assistant. Yeah. And yeah. he was a, an assistant at uh, San Diego with Steve Fisher there. It, it may not mean a whole lot, but they barely got by Creighton. I mean, it was a one-point game. Sure. So. Good game. Yep. I think I like UConn versus Miami. I think that's where I'm headed. And? See, that's where I get stuck. <laughs> you know, I said early on, I, I thought UConn looked the best of the final four teams. So, I'm, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride the UConn train. Would you take the over there? Absolutely. Yeah. Anything over 145, I would take as an over. Who do you have in your final then, Junko? UConn and Miami. Well, they play each other. Oh, I'm sorry then. Um, <laughs> so it's got to be. I thought uh, I put them in order here, but San I guess Diego, I yeah. San Diego State or FAU. FAU. One of those two. So that's the semifinal FAU yeah, and San Diego State. San Diego State so, out of the south and FAU out of the east. I'm, all right, then I, I'll change it. I'm going to go San Diego State and UConn with UConn okay. being the eventual winner. See, Dane, I think for Cinderella, the dance is over. I, I just think that FAU, I just see a blowout with San Diego State over uh, FAU. No. Shaking your head there, Junko. You could be right about the outcome, but I just don't think it'll be a blowout. I just okay. don't think San Diego State plays that kind of basketball. They're going to keep it yeah. close to the best. They're slowing it down. You know, I think of Florida Atlantic, when they play them, they're going to try to go up-tempo with them because that's where a lot of the teams have had their success against San Diego State is when they sped them up. Hmm. So, And Florida Atlantic is, a very, again, a very athletic team. They like to run up and down the floor. That's going to be an interesting over-under in that game. I will always defer to you two guys. Yeah, I probably would take under in that game and over in the UConn-Miami game. Okay, cool. Well, now, how'd you think State did overall? They had a pretty decent showing. I mean, I listen, I had them losing to Marquette. So, so did what I. do I know? So, yeah. Yeah, I think all three of us had them winning the first game and losing the second game. And oh, okay. I look at their season overall, and I would I would say that given their roster and some things that happened to them in the offseason, that they had a relatively successful basketball season. I would agree. If you had to give it a grade. B plus. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't an A because they lost that Iowa game in the midseason. They mm -hmm. had some other swoons, but they played their best basketball at the end, which gives them the plus. So I, right. I'm going B plus. And it could have been A minus if they'd won one more game. Dane? Yeah, I gave them a B minus. When you compare them to other MSU teams, they're just not up there in the, the B plus or A minus range. When you compare them to other MSU teams, yeah, but that's not what we're doing here. What we're saying is from where they started the season to where they finished, how did they do? Did they achieve? Did they overachieve? Did they underachieve? I mean, what did they do? Oh, so we're just looking at their season, not compared yeah. to others. Okay. Yeah. I'll still give them a B minus. How's that? You know, I got to tell you, I gave them a B minus as well, just for the fact that they did what they were expected to do. But then the minus is there because of their poor showing in the tournament and they lost that Iowa game. Yeah. I'm glad so you guys were my college professors. That's all I can say. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Bobby, so now, uh, right. 
<laughs> you are right. What do you think they got going on for next season? Can they be optimistic about what's going on? It's going to be interesting to see. Again, we're in roster construction mode right now. It's you know it's portal season for basketball. Kids are making decisions about NIL, which is mm-hmm. huge right now. You know, it's free agency in college basketball now, right? Kids are hearing about, hey, come to this school and we'll pay you, yeah, twenty five grand for moving, and then we'll sure. you know we'll make sure that you get a, a free car for the year or whatever. I mean, that's all going on. So we're going to find out who stays at Michigan State here the next month or two. It's hard for me to say what they're going to look like next year. I mean, until we get through this part. But I would say right now, I would look at next year's team to be a lot like this year's team. Upper edge line of the Big Ten, making the tournament, having a chance to do some damage. All right, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, they haven't had anybody declare for the portal yet, I don't think, have they? And no one for the NBA, I don't think. I don't think they've had anyone. Uh, make any moves yet so it's uh, kind of interesting but they're gonna uh, lose hauser right he's a fifth year player yeah. right yeah yeah and yeah. he's already uh, said he's gone yeah what about so, sissoko I mean, is he he's a senior but is he back what is his story? i think he has a year of eligibility left so okay. i think he'll be back yeah yeah i mean they'll gain some experience this year they should be better the next year a little bit better so i would expect uh, good things out of an Izzo coached team again well as these things go and as people say what they say According to, I believe it's ESPN, their recruiting class was ranked number three behind Kentucky and Duke. So take that for what you will. All right. What about the Wolverines and that impressive showing in the NIT? <laughs> Ian, you want to take that one first? What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I they kind of did sort of what we thought they were. We I think when we talked about it, we said, well, we'll see him getting by uh, Toledo and then uh, losing to Vanderbilt, I think is what we said. And that's just what they did. We hope they went farther, but that's what they did. By the way, you know, uh, there is one Big Ten team still in the running there. You Yikes. Know who, you know who that is? Have you looked at NIT? <laughs> oh, Wisconsin. Oh, the, yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. yeah. Wisconsin's yeah. In, the, in the final four. But anyway. Cool. Their season was a roller coaster and a disappointment. And it really bottomed out towards the end. It looked like they were playing with no real enthusiasm. You had a couple guys sitting out. I don't know about Howard and uh, him sitting out. And guys didn't step up. And uh, I tell you what, I uh, I graded them a C minus in this mm. season. I think they were a little less than average. Junko? I'm glad you let Blue Dane take Michigan first. Mm-hmm. He gives Michigan State a B minus, who gets you know, it's <laughs> almost to the Sweet 16, and he then he gives Michigan a C minus, who loses in the second round of the NIT. Yeah, it's funny that, how that works. That's a full grade difference. That's a little home so, cook in there. It's like Grand Hill in that hotels commercial oh, where he God, gets yeah, right. the presidential suite to the Blue Devil mascot, right? <laughs> Yeah, so a win against Toledo, a loss to Vandy to close out the season in typical Michigan fashion, right? Blowing mm-hmm. the lead down the stretch, mm-hmm. play as poorly as you can play. I give this season a D minus for Michigan. I just think wow. that they wow. failed on every level. They didn't make the tournament. They performed poorly in the NIT. They had all those losses during the season. They have an All-American center, right? They got... Guys coming back, you know, you had Kobe Bufkin, who's going to the NBA. You got Jed Howard, who's going to the NBA. With that roster, how do you end up where you ended up? Is it coaching? Is it the locker room? What is it that made that team fail? And it, But they, it was a failure. And now, here we are going into the next season, 
you know, we're still, again, guys are talking about the portal. We got, again, two big names going to the NBA. The recruiting class that's coming in this year is, I would say, is an average class. And I'm hearing that the star of that class, the big name in it, Papa Conte may not qualify academically. If that happens, then I don't know where Michigan's basketball is. But to me, Michigan basketball right now looks like it's a mess. I don't know really what else to say about it. I mean, I don't know whether Coach Howard can fix that team. I don't know whether, you know, he can pull some portal magic. I know they're in on three or four guys on the portal, but none of them are the top two or three guys. A couple more Ivy Leaguers again, and we haven't really had that much success with the Ivy League guys that we brought over. I'm selling Michigan basketball right now. They did not meet their expectations, that's for sure. And if if Howard's seat is not hot, I think they're gathering the kindling wood. All this talk about him going to the pros, too. It's like, no, he's just not ready. He hasn't proven himself yet here. So I don't think he's gone yet. I think they're going to give him another season. Next season has to be a total disaster, right, for them to even think about that. Yeah, well, they may be heading that way. I mean, Mm -hmm. they don't do well in the transfer portal. They may be heading that way. Did Bufkin actually declare for the NBA? No, he hasn't declared yet, but it sure sounds like he's headed that way. Yeah, I mean, his stock's higher than Howard's going in. But, yeah, I hadn't seen that. I thought maybe you saw something there. I heard today that they were trying to lure him back with an NIL package, but I heard that he was out west actually interviewing with some agents this week, just trying to get prepared that if he does go, that he's got representation. So usually you're not talking to agents unless you're leaning toward going pro. Correct. Correct. Well, let's talk about brighter days to come. Michigan spring football. This is going to be a very interesting preseason for Michigan. Junko, why don't you lead us off? Talk a little bit about that. Is that a safety net for Blue Dane that you let me go first? Because, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to dog whatever he says about Michigan. All right. Yeah. So here's the thing. Spring game is April 1, and there's a bunch of new players that I think Michigan fans will be watching. Amarian Walker, obviously, at cornerback is going to be a big one. I think everybody's very anxious to see if all this hype that we've heard in spring training is true, whether he's going to be able to step in and take over that position. I think that's a big one. I think a lot of people are also going to be watching the offensive line to see. We've got eight or nine or ten guys there. It's a big mystery right now who the five starters are going to be there. I think we'll all be watching the spring game to kind of try to figure that out. And also, I think at running back, we're going to you know want to see who the number three guy is. I think that's a big question mark for us. I know there's a whole cabana. I, th- I think I heard the other day that he's hurt, so he probably won't play in the spring game. But there's a bunch of other guys vying for that spot as well. I'm going to be interested in seeing that. And then basically just to see the vibe. I'm always interested in the vibe of Michigan spring football. I'm going into the game, I mean, the vibe seems really on a high maybe mm-hmm. higher than I ever remember it. Expectations this year are through the roof. There's reason be to be, right? I guess so. I think we're all going to be watching J.J. McCarthy, right, Dane? To see oh, yeah. how much he's matured. And uh, yeah. And is Davis Warren, you know, the backup, is he capable? I, th- I think that those are the key takeaways that I'll take away from the spring game. How about you? Yeah, I would I'd just like to say, you know, April 1st, 3 p.m. on BTN, I am not paid Good. at all by BTN, but I just wanted to put that out there just so you know, in case you wanted to watch. Of course, it'll be shown throughout that week. So if you happen to miss it on April 1st, tune in. It sounds BTN. to me like you're interviewing for BTN. Right? <laughs> and it'll be it'll be shown uh, throughout that following week. So 
chance to watch it over and over again. Yeah, I think not so much offensive line, but defensive line. You know, they really need to up their pass rush from what it was last year. And I'm I'm excited to see uh, McGregor, Braden McGregor. He had some near pick in that one game. Uh, it was Purdue or Ohio State. I can't remember now. And he's, he's a pretty good edge rusher. So I expect to see uh, some good things out of him this year as he's uh, gained some experience in that. I think, too, that uh, receiving core, you know, Roman Wilson, I think Cornelius Johnson are solid. Roman didn't see as much action there later in the year as Cornelius did. But uh, a name we didn't hear last year, and I don't think he played hardly at all, except he made a big catch in the spring game last year, was uh, Darius Clemens. He looked to be real promising, but he was a freshman last year, so maybe he'll come out also in that uh, receiver core. So. You know, one of the things I was thinking about, too, is, you know, who's a very important cog of that Michigan wheel that we lost last year? Jake Moody. Jake Moody scored us a lot of points and some critical points, right? So who's our punter kicker coming in this year? And I looked and there's a uh, a guy named Tommy. I can't even read my own. Tommy Damani, right? Damani, yeah, or Damani, yeah, something like that. But he looks like he's got a hell of a a foot, good punter. I mean, uh, 44 some yards in uh, in high school and uh, made like a 50 and a 53 yarder in high school. So, you know, maybe he's the replacement for Moody. But I I think as as important as Moody was to that team last year, we're going to need somebody who can fill his shoes this year. Tommy Damani sounds like a guy who used to steal my lunch money. (laughs) (laughs) There's that Italian reference again. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. Final thought before we break, uh, Junko. I agree with Dane. I think field goal kicking is going to be huge in the spring game. Uh, Adam Sabaha is the other guy to watch there, Dane, the punter. Adam. Okay. Yep. Ah, Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, coming up, we've got some MSU spring football talk. We're going to talk about the Frozen Four, Blue Dane. And we got some Tigers baseball action coming your way, too. So let's hear from sport hitters, and we'll get right back to it. So what's it like playing sport hitters, whether you're at your favorite bar or just anywhere? Sport hitters' unique challenge brackets offers players a new way to play. Sport hitters allows you to pick your teams and challenge friends, family, and rival players all for real money. And best of all, now it's every sport every day. You can get the app exclusively at sporthitters.com. Sport Hitters, challenge on. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are back. We talked about Michigan football. Now let's go to the other side of the coin and talk about Spartan football and their spring game. Why don't you lead us off, Junko? Yeah, I think a lot of people are excited about MSU spring football there. Their game's a little bit later this year, April 16th, which is probably smarter because certainly going to be warmer. Maybe. Um, right. <laughs> When it comes to players to watch for them on offense this year, I thought last year the reason they didn't have the season that they had than they've had recently, and I think it's a staple of the Mel Tucker regime, is the offensive line. So I think when we get to the spring game this year, I'm going to really be spending a lot of time watching the offensive line. And there's also going to be a quarterback battle this year, and I'm going to be interested in seeing how that goes as well. I, I mean, you know, maybe Dane, I'll maybe let you talk about the defense a little bit. I know you have a couple things for that. Well, I think they're going to be solid on defense. Uh, they had one really good player last year. I'm trying to remember his name. He was involved in that incident, tunnel incident. Do you remember? Are you talking about Winman or? Yeah, Winman. That's it. Yeah. Right, yeah. So uh, I know he was Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week uh, once or twice there. So, and I, I do expect them to be solid overall again. And yeah, they uh, got Grouse back there too, right? I mean, on defense, yeah. I'd play safety and. 
I thought Angelo Growth, I, th I thought he had a really good season last year. Yeah. So I, I expect him to be a force. And it'll, it'll be an interesting season coming up. Yeah. What about Mel Tucker? I mean, what do we think about him? Where is he headed? He's staying where he's at, man. <laughs> he's headed he's, to the bank is where he's headed. You guys don't think that this is a hot seat season for him? I think he got a buy. I think last year was an anomaly. And so maybe we'll see what he can prove this season before they start talk of that. I agree that last year was a buy. But I think that really is what the reason that he would be on the hot seat this season. I think that Ohio State and Michigan State aren't that far off in their objectives. And, and that is, you know, the number one thing that they want to accomplish when the season starts is to beat Michigan, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this is kind of a year where Mel Tucker, if he really wants to stay off the hot seat, he needs to, if not beat Michigan, at least give them a really strong game. I mean, what's your take there, Dane? I would agree. And I think he maybe would like to invest in some sweat bands, you know, because I think <laughs> oh, uh, he, may have, he yeah. may have a little sweat coming down that forehead this year, <laughs> like he has in the past year. Last year, he was sweating quite a bit, I could tell there. And uh, <laughs> so I, it'll be interesting this year. I think Michigan is still going to dominate them. I, I really do. I think Michigan's got a really good team this year. And they're at least going to make the playoffs again, hopefully go a little farther in the playoffs this year. Nothing like Blue Dane to right. start the subject on Michigan State football and wrap <laughs> it up talking about Michigan football. Hey, well, he sounds like Sam Webb there, doesn't he? You know, I just, wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've been razzing uh, Blue Dane most of this season about his love for Michigan hockey. But that love has been founded. Where are they right now, Dane? They're on the cusp, aren't they? They're in the Frozen Four. Yeah, they are. After a uh, very exciting game against Penn State. And Penn State, you know, even though their record against Penn State during the season was good, I think it was four and one, I knew Penn State was going to come in and play hard, and they really did. And they had that one nothing lead. Michigan tied it up at third period, and then, then it goes to OT. It's interesting in OT, a lot of times you, you think, you know, almost right away they score, and that's exactly what happened, man. Samuel Skevich with this wrister, and you take a look at that stick, and it looks like it's going to break in half, and he just he just flew that wrister, and that was a rocket right in the goal. And so it was beautiful within the first minute of OT, which sent him to the Frozen Four. It was interesting, too, you know, they I think the Big Ten scored, I can't remember how many goals, but Penn State won like 8 nothing the game before. Minnesota had a ton of goals, and, and Michigan beat Colgate 11-1. to So it was interesting against Colgate. Colgate, towards the end, uh, you, you really couldn't see it in the play, but uh, one of the Michigan players got butted. The end of the stick got him right in the belly. So they end up giving Colgate uh, player a five-minute major, so he's gone, right? So they got five minutes with a five-on-four, and they were up 8-1 to one at the time. And because of that cheap-ass penalty, they went at him. They just went at him full force, scored another three goals. And so uh, I was smiling at the end of that game, too. Were you, were you so, smiling uh, because of that's a toothpaste company? Is that why? <laughs> yeah, that's it, right? Cool. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, the uh, yeah, Frozen Four, um, the 6th of April in Tampa. And then the, uh, the final, the 8th of April. Who's Michigan playing? So um, Michigan actually plays Winnipeg, and then uh, Minnesota plays Boston U. Hmm. 
That's going to be yeah, good. It could, it could be an all Big Ten final. That'd be great. It definitely could be. It could be yeah. a rematch of the tournament. Nice. Yeah, Big nice. Ten tournament. And it would be nice if it ended the same way as the Big Ten tournament. Is cool. it is it Minnesota? I mean, first of all, I want to say that that Penn State goalie stood on his head. That guy was fabulous. Oh, he was fantastic. Game. He was. Yeah. He really was. Yes. But is it Minnesota? Aren't they the team that has that goalie that's like twice the size of the net? He's I mean, huge. Absolutely yeah. huge. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honest to God, there's no vacancy there. I mean, yeah. you, you have to get behind him to score. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, that seems to be think, the trend now, too. The, yeah, they the should NHL get that guy yeah. a soccer net or something. I don't know. That just doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. It's good to look Anyway, for. yeah, good news about Michigan hockey. It's great. Well, we are uh, rounding third, headed for home, just about wrap things up. But we are going to talk a little Tigers here. They open up the season this Friday in Tampa at the uh, Tropicana Dome. Lovely stadium, that is. It's a bizarre stadium if you've ever seen it. But anyway, before we head into some Tiger talk, I've got some Tiger trivia, gentlemen. All right. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, of course, uh, his final season, thankfully, mercifully, he won the Triple Crown in 2012. First player to do so since 1967. Gentlemen, who was the last player to win the Triple Crown? Do you need multiple choice here? Or do you know it offhand? Was it 1967? 1967. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I'll give you some choices. Was it Hank Aaron, Carl Yastrzemski, or Frank Robinson? Well, I'm glad you gave us that because I was going to say Lou Brock. Okay. Yastrzemski. Uh, Lou Brock was fast. What were the three choices more time? Uh, Frank Robinson, Hank Aaron, and Carl Yastrzemski. Yeah, it wasn't Hank Aaron. Dane, what was your choice? Dane, Dane? said Carl Yastrzemski. Yastrzemski. Yeah, I'll take the other one. <laughs> Frank Robinson. <laughs> Frank Robinson, yeah. All Robinson, right. Yeah. It was Carl Yastrzemski. Yeah, baby. Okay. He was I part went of with the, him uh, last week. He was wrong. Yeah. Was right. That was uh, part of the 1967 World Series Boston Red Sox. So that was a, a fun year. Guys our age that follow baseball, would that be a slam dunk? But I do remember that. And the Tigers won in 68. So there you go. But you Tigers. remember Ty Cobb. That's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Hank Gerringer and Luke Appling. So 2022, the Tigers lost 96 games. And at the start of last season, there was so much optimism. And then somehow they all pooped the bed, as they say. Any hope for you guys? Anything you see that would make this a better season than last season? Well, you know, last year there was hope that Casey Mize was going to become mm -hmm. the next Justin Verlander for them. And they lost him early for the season. And I think he's out this year again, right? Aren't they, yes, they yeah, he's got that Tommy John. Yeah, so he's out again. Any optimism I would have had would have included him, I think. I look at this team, and we may disagree on this, but I do think their starting pitching is better than people think it is. Bob, I think you and I have talked about this before. Their bullpen is a mess. It's right? terrible. And, yep. Yeah. Their hitting team I, is very light hitting. Oh, yeah. I think you're right about the starting pitching, but there's a lot of ifs there. Edward Rodriguez, who had marital issues last year, we lost Same him for thing. half the season. Same yeah. Thing. yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you guys come from a, a background of knowledge on that. So there's a free agent called Michael Lorenzen. I don't know much about him. Matthew Boyd is back for a second trip with the Tigers. And then Spencer Turnbull, he's coming back. So Matt Manning can develop. So there are some names that have a lot of potential, 
But you got to look at the free agents that we brought in for 2021 that really did not come out the way they were. Javi Baez had probably the worst season he ever had. Rodriguez, we mentioned his problems. And Austin Meadows had some issues, some mental health issues. So, again, where is this power coming from? I don't see it unless Riley Green somehow becomes the next Ken Griffey Jr. Torkelson has to bounce back. And Jonathan Scope is going to be Jonathan Scope. So that's yeah. where maybe some of their pop is going to come from. But you know what? You got Scott Harris here who's coming on for his first season. And he doesn't like to call it a rebuild. But but Junko, what do you call it? Oh, it's a rebuild. No it's doubt a rebuild. about it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, there's a couple guys you didn't mention I think are going to be prominent in this year's team, and that's uh, Tariq Skubal and Pacheco, the two pitchers that are going to start the season on the 60-day injured reserve list. Mm -hmm. I think both those guys are talented pitchers, and I think if the Tigers can get through the first 60 days of the season and get those guys back, you know, once you pair those with some of the young talent that they have, like Matt Manning and Joey Wentz, who I saw pitch the other day, I went to the spring training game down in Clearwater with our good friend Don MacArthur, and Joey Wentz pitched a great game there. I thought he, I thought he was outstanding, actually. So they've got some young talent. Is he there. making the roster? Is Joey Wentz making the roster? Yeah, it looks like he is going to make. Well, the roster. I would like to see him make it because that's a little bit of stability if he has that type of year. Yeah. So right. you know, I look at this and I just getting ready for the podcast. I'm going, what happened to all the draft picks? We had all these high draft picks you know the last four years we drafted in the top 10 and we had six out of the last seven in the top 10. so what was al avila doing what were his scouts doing yeah i have no idea so here was one of those things where i remember when Dombrowski got fired and Al Avila came on and they said, okay, well, we're going to open the door to a lot more analytics. We're going to be open to this new technology and all the sort of analytics that, that have come in to see. And you know what? Have your kids ever made fun of you when you're trying to work your iPhone or any sort of phone? All the time. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking is happening is like, oh yeah, right. Al Avila is trying to work an iPhone. It's like Moneyball without Billy Bean is what it was. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Without that. So anyway, I think Scott Harris is going, what did you do while you were here? It's just not a whole lot going on in the farm system either. Right, 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 right. And it would be remiss not to talk about Miguel Cabrera and what right. how that's going to affect the team this year, right? I mean, it's basically a farewell tour for him. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it'll be a distraction, but I think it'll be a welcome distraction. That's kind of like, you know, hey, look at this shiny thing we have over here while, you know, we're putting on a subpar product. Basically, a AAA, well, let's call them 4A, right? 4A players on a major league level. So that's kind of where they're going. Yeah, let's just remember all these exciting Miguel Cabrera moments while we say goodbye and give him his $32 million and show him the door. Right. Right. He's got 507 home runs. Will he make it to 214 to pass Eddie Murray? Eddie Murray's the next person on the list with 214. He just needs seven. But you know how many he had last year? Five. Five. Miguel Cabrera. Wow. I didn't Triple realize crown. He, he, batting he titles. Productive. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. And that's and there's that contract, you know, that we talked about that Dombrowski gave him. So. Mm -hmm. 
you know, while it did make us contenders back when the deal was made, it has crippled us the last five years. So, But didn't you know, he signed in 2014, didn't you know that this day would eventually happen? Of course. There could be no other end. It's just painful to watch. Right. You know, and here's his heir apparent, Spencer Torkelson at first base now. I mean, you guys talked about him being a starter last year, but he wasn't a starter the whole year. He kind of came in midseason. Mm-hmm. He's, he's only 20 years old still. Right. You know, here's a kid that could turn the corner and be a big surprise for them. You know, Akil Badu could turn the corner and become a surprise. You know, they're talking about Kerry Carpenter possibly making the roster, a young player who could provide some pop. I mean, it gets us to where do we think the Tigers will finish, right? Right. Well, I said 70 and 92, and I'm sticking to it. I was going to say, can we revise? (laughs) Every time we do this, our number goes down. It goes down, right? Every time we analyze the team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, anytime they have a lead late in the game, get your popcorn because it is going to be a roller coaster. Our strength last year, if there was one, was the bullpen. And now it's gone. It done blew up. We had uh, Gregory Soto, Joe Jimenez, and even Andrew Chafin was a bright spot, and they're all gone. So, yeah. My betting strategy for the Tigers this year is to take the opponent and the under in a parlay in every game. So that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it in an incremental betting strategy. I'm going to try it out for the first two months of the season and see how it goes. Sounds like a new book. I was just going to say, would you ever come out with a sports (laughs) betting book? Sports betting really isn't, you know, my forte. I just do it for kicks, but never do a sports <laughs> betting book. Dane, give me your final thoughts on the Tigers. <laughs> You're yeah, watching I, Michigan I'm glad hockey. You guys, I'm glad you guys, exactly. I'm glad you guys handled a lot of this. I mean, you know, Junko and I did go see them play earlier, and it wasn't inspiring whatsoever. But, you know, after that game, they did win like uh, three or four in a row after that one. And then... Uh, but sp- I don't know. Spring um, training baseball is so fun to watch. I mean, it's it just is. a good time. It is. It is a good time. It, it I love the parks. Good. The parks are awesome. Yeah. 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 Good. And, and, and that park's a, it's a it's a nice park. But anyway, yeah, I'm not going to uh, change my prediction either. I think I said 75 and 87, something like that. There were 75 wins, mm. I think. So. And you're and you're gonna keep it there, huh? I'll stick with it. Yeah, I'll <laughs> stick with it. All right, good. Well, that all starts up next week. It's gonna be a fun couple of weeks coming up with the tourney and all. The next time we're here, we're probably gonna be talking about uh, maybe some baseball and the spring games, and of course, we'll uh, find out who won the NCAA tournament. I want to say to all our listeners, thank you for supporting us. Remember to share our podcast with your Detroit sports friends. Hit that subscribe button. That tells us, and more importantly, our sponsors, that you like the show. This podcast is part of Junko Bodie Productions and an exclusive production of the Lowdown on Motown Sports Network. Thanks again for listening. We will see you all the next time on Lowdown on Motown Sports. See you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lowdown on Motown Sports podcast. If you're liking what you're hearing, then why don't you do us a solid and hit that follow button and share our podcast with fellow friends who love Motown sports. That helps others find the show. And, you know, we're pretty awesome, so why not share the awesomeness? We appreciate it. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Lowdown on Motown sports podcast.